Welcome to the Digital Transformation of Business podcast, brought to you by Hughes, an Echo Star company. All right, welcome to another episode. My name is Chuck. I'm joined here with Brian Hello. and Calvin. Hello. Calvin's going to take the lead today and discuss our, our topic. He's an expert in all things cybersecurity. And so he's got another cybersecurity topic for today. And we'll turn the time over to him. Yeah, so what we're going to be talking about today is, is a good topic. We're going to be learning about how to figure out how much cybersecurity is right for your business. Because there's businesses of all different sizes. Uh, everybody needs cybersecurity. But the cybersecurity structure, the cybersecurity plan, uh, you know, the infrastructure you have in place for a small business is going to look very different from your typical large enterprise, how your mm -hmm. typical large enterprise handles cybersecurity. I wanted to give some, provide some value, provide some information to listeners in terms of how to identify what types of cybersecurity needs your organization might have, learn a little bit about what kind of technologies are out there, and what kind of things you should be looking for to secure a business of your size. I think the first thing that would be good to do is just identify the different market segments, the different sizes of businesses, and how those are normally split up. First off, you've got your small businesses, right? Those are businesses that have under 100 employees typically, and we're normally thinking that those smaller businesses will do about maybe five to 10 million a year in annual revenue. Okay. So that's what we mean when we're saying small business. And does it matter if they're like multi-site distributed or does it not really matter? The number of sites I would say is probably a little bit less important compared to those other two points about the number of employees and the amount of annual revenue that okay. they have. But uh, yeah, you're right. There's there's a little bit of variance because there might be a company out there that has 100 employees, but they do maybe hundreds of millions a year in, in annual revenue mm -hmm. if they're a smaller software company. So you have to take those things into account and uh, just kind of average them out uh, you know, a little bit. And uh, when we say medium-sized business, medium-sized enterprises, we're normally looking at uh, between maybe 100 to 1,000 employees and somewhere between 10 million all the way up to maybe even a few hundred million a year in annual revenue. Hmm, okay. So when we're talking about medium-sized enterprises, we're looking at businesses that are roughly within that range. And then last, large enterprise, we're looking at everything above those two, over 1,000 employees and over a few hundred million a year in annual okay. revenue. Those different businesses have different levels of cyber threats and vulnerabilities. If you're somebody who is a cyber criminal and you're going after businesses of different size, if you manage to hack into a small business, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for you to try to get them to pay you millions of dollars to pay a ransomware fee, right? Because chances are that small business does not have... They don't have it in the bank. They don't yeah. have it in the bank. They're not going to be able to pay you that much. And cyber criminals are also acutely aware of the size of the businesses that they're going after. And they know that if they land a big fish, they're able to extort them for a lot more money, charge a lot more for that ransomware to be removed from their network. Those different sizes of business, they face these, these different levels of cyber threats and vulnerabilities. And there's different risks that each of those different size businesses might encounter. What we're going to do is we're probably going to start off talking about small businesses and then work our way up to medium and large enterprise as well. So talking about small businesses, 
the one of the most common misconceptions that I normally hear about cybersecurity for small businesses is that they're almost immune to cyber attacks because of their size. And because of their size, people think, oh, those cyber criminals, they're looking for a big payday. They're not going to bother with a small fry like me. They're not going to put in the effort to try to hack me or get into my network just because they don't think that it's worth their time. That's a common misconception. The truth couldn't be further from that. In reality, up to 46% of all cyber breaches tend to impact businesses with fewer than 1,000 employees. Hmm. And 61% of SMBs were the targets of cyber attacks in 2021 and 2022. Hmm. Meaning that cyber criminals are actually spending more time on smaller to medium-sized businesses than they are on large enterprises. Because of that misconception that they have? Exactly. The misconception is definitely a big part of that. Because these small to medium-sized businesses are not investing properly into mm-hmm. cybersecurity defenses. So the assumption is that it's easier and you could do more of them, right? Exactly. Exactly. You might not be making as much per successful hit as a cyber criminal. But what you are able to do is be successful a much larger portion of the time because these smaller businesses are much more likely to not have the right types of protections in place. Some of these smaller businesses might not even have security staff. They might just have a small IT team of one or two people who handle some of the security things on the side. But we all know that When you download most cybersecurity software, it begins to generate hundreds, if not thousands of alerts as time goes on. So if you have a small team trying to manage cybersecurity for a small to medium sized business, especially a growing one, what you'll find is that you're just overwhelmed with these alerts that start to roll in. And if you don't have help from either a larger team or maybe an outside third party cybersecurity vendor, uh, you're going to become very overwhelmed very quickly. So the options are hire somebody that's dedicated to that specifically or a a small team, which costs money. Or like you said, hire somebody that would manage that from the outside. Correct. A managed provider. Correct. Yeah. If you hire a third party cybersecurity vendor, the plus side is that you're going to be able to save a lot of time, money, and just resources in general, because they're able to help you out in terms of providing software, manpower. It's very hard to find and retain cybersecurity staff today in 2023. There are millions of open cybersecurity positions globally that they just can't fill. Why why is uh, that, you think? The reason they can't fill those positions is because there's a lack of qualified personnel. Hmm. So in the past, maybe 5, 10, 15 years ago, they were requiring four-year cybersecurity degrees. You had to go and get a degree from a university before they would consider hiring you for cybersecurity positions. The need has become so desperate today that oftentimes they'll start hiring people who just maybe have a simple cybersecurity certification, like a CompTIA Plus or CISSP or a lot of businesses, a lot of big companies like Fortinet and, and others have their own courses that you can take to become certified in a much shorter period of time. So young people, this might not be a bad path for you, right? Because you're going to have a lot of options ahead of you. 
And I'm guessing that they pay decently well if there's a, a high demand for them. Right? They do. They do. Yeah, you can be looking at, depending on where you live geographically, you can be looking at six figures right out the gate when you start cybersecurity. Those entry-level positions are a great way to gain a little bit of experience. And once you've been at one of those starting positions for maybe one or two years, if you feel like your company hasn't begun to compensate you properly, you can take that one to two years of experience, turn around and leverage that for another company. And that's why it's so hard for people to retain their staff. Yeah, because other people are trying to Exactly. You take You take a chance on somebody, you hire somebody in an entry-level role, you give them an opportunity to gain experience, and then a couple of years later that person realizes oh my gosh, I'm worth so much more than this now. <laughs> I can turn around and one of these other large companies, the, the, the CrowdStrikes, the Palo Altos of the world, will pay me significantly more to go work for them. I think every young person wants to be a YouTuber right now, so <laughs> there's no really desires to get into the space. you got to wonder how many young people even consider... Or, consider cybersecurity as an option like is that on their radar maybe for the ones that are just really familiar with computer technology and yeah. and systems and whatnot it's yeah. starting to be it's starting to get on more people's radar but there's still a lot of room for that field to grow there's been a lot more clarity especially recently because a lot of states you might have seen in the news have started to pass legislation about posting the pay scale for your jobs that you post and certain states have laws in place now that say, hey, when you list a job posting, you have to post the salary as well. Interesting. And so that kind of transparency has been really useful for people entering the job field in terms of just knowing how much they're worth. But going back to small businesses, a lot of small businesses will normally just try to get away with doing the basics. What I mean by the basics is maybe they will have an antivirus software Maybe they'll have a firewall that they manage themselves. Basic surface-level cybersecurity defenses that might help to keep some of the less motivated cyber criminals at bay, but overall is not the kind of security posture that's going to keep you safe in the long run. But the reason that they start off with those basics is because that's all they can afford at that point in time. And personally, I feel bad for a lot of these small businesses because they have to make a decision between a lot of very important things for their business. When you're at that stage, when you're just emerging from the startup phase, it's hard to decide between, maybe they're having to decide between making payroll that month or funding cybersecurity. And if that's your decision, of course you're gonna have to fund payroll because if you don't do that, you're not gonna be able to function as a company. And a lot of times, the only reason that cybersecurity isn't a priority, it's not because they don't know about it, it's not because they don't want cybersecurity. The only reason it's not a priority is because they just don't have the funds in place at the moment to set up a, a proper cybersecurity. And they're defense. willing to take that risk and, and hope that maybe down the road they can afford it, right? Exactly. And, and it is very risky. I say that because uh, over 60% of small businesses that are hit by cyber attacks end up going out of business within the next six mm. months. You run the gauntlet, you, you can make it out the other end, but the reality is those SMBs that do suffer cyber attacks more often than not will end up going out of business. I would assume that maybe they're just not as educated because if cybersecurity, like with that stat, if that was well known, I think businesses would make it a priority. I think they would cut other things 
because of how important it is. You hear a lot of people now going through inflation, they say, I'm dealt with the decision every day to, or every month to pay rent or, or buy food. It's come down to that. Well, it's like, it's equal, you can't, you're not gonna really choose one or the other, yeah, right? It's, yeah. it's equally important. So because of the importance of the two, they look at other areas to cut, right? Maybe I'll cut this or I'll cut that or cut that because, and so I, I almost feel that's the same with this is maybe if they saw it as valuable and at just as important as payroll, then they would make some cuts in other areas. I agree with you. I think that if small business owners, I think that a lot of small business owners, and I don't blame them for this, but most of the time they're way in over their heads, right? Mm-hmm. They're starting a small business with something that they used to be an expert in. Maybe maybe they're an expert in fishing or boating or canoeing, right? And they want to start their own little small business outdoors shop. And uh, how are they supposed to know any of the ins and outs of starting a business? I think most startups and founders are always in over their heads. And cybersecurity is just one of those obscure pieces of the puzzle that they never really think about fitting into their budget from the beginning. Yeah. And like I said before, I don't blame them for that because it's not something that you would think of, which is why I think it's good to raise awareness for that. So uh, I think small business owners in general should just make sure that they're incorporating cybersecurity into their strategy, into their budget from the beginning, because you don't want to have everything else work out. You don't want to have a successful, thriving small business only to be halted by a devastating cyber attack that ends up running you hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars and having to shut your business down for that reason, not because your business wasn't doing well, but because you suffered a cyber breach. I'd rather get shut down because my business wasn't doing it well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so much more devastating knowing that somebody took that away from you, right? Yeah, sure. Like you had success right there in the palm of your hand, but somebody took that away from you is definitely very devastating. Moving on to talk a little bit more about the medium-sized segment. Medium-sized businesses have a lot more digital assets and data to protect. When you're a medium-sized businesses, you've graduated, you've emerged from the startup phase, you've gotten maybe multiple rounds of funding, or maybe you don't even need funding anymore, maybe you're considering IPO, becoming a publicly traded company. They have a slightly larger budget. I, I still wouldn't say that they're able to comfortably make room for cybersecurity in their budget, but they're starting to get to that point. And they most likely have a team, maybe even a handful of dedicated cybersecurity staff, like a director of network security or something along those lines. I'd be surprised if they were hiring CISOs at that point, chief information security officers. That's normally the capstone of a good cybersecurity infrastructure. You can tell that a company has a really good cyber defense plan in place if they've hired a CISO. That's another thing to look out for. And a medium-sized business might not be there yet, but they might be starting to think of some of those things depending on where they're at in that journey. But in 2021, about 82% of ransomware attacks were against companies that had roughly 1,000 employees. And this seems to be the sweet spot for a lot of cyber criminals because these are people that still are teetering on the edge of whether or not they have enough of a security plan in place, but also they've started to generate hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue and hitting a company of this size could be quite the payload for a cyber criminal. In terms of these, I think that what you need to look out for is uh, making sure that they're transitioning uh, according to their size. Because if you're a medium-sized enterprise and you're still trying to skate by 
just with a firewall, just with basic antivirus, um, you're going to be a very attractive looking target to those cyber criminals. And all it takes is one single phishing email, one successful social engineering attempt. And if they're able to get one of your employees to click a malicious link, which happens all the time, happens more often than you think, that medium-sized enterprise is going to be in a world of hurt, especially if they haven't upgraded their cybersecurity from when they were a small business. Because having a firewall, having antivirus, that does nothing once somebody's already in your network. So once they have those problems in place, once somebody's on your network and they have hours, days, weeks, months to go in and and exfiltrate all the data that they want, you're not going to have many options available to you when they send you that ransom note. So how do cyber criminals sniff that out? How do they say, oh, this medium-sized company would be better to attack than this one? Do they have a way of assessing how much security they they have or don't have? Do they, what do they do? Here's the thing. Cyber criminals, they're regular people like you and me. So they watch the news, they communicate with each other in their own online forums on places on, on the web, maybe some places on the dark web as well. So they communicate, they talk to each other. And so they know the same way that you and I talk about what companies to invest in, talking about maybe a few years ago, like investing in Tesla saying, I think this is a great opportunity. Tesla has these vital signs and this is how much they're doing in revenue. Cyber criminals have the exact same conversations about their prospective targets. They'll say, oh, XYZ company has been having a good year. And it looks like I haven't seen them hire any additional security staff. Looks like they still have the same two people on their IT team, but they've gained $50 million in revenue this year. That might be a great target for me to send some phishing emails to and start a a spear phishing campaign. See if I can get one of those people to click a link. And once I'm in their network, I know that they're not going to be able to stop me because they haven't hired the additional security they need or partnered with any third-party security vendors. So I think I'm not, I'm not a cyber criminal, but I think that's what those conversations look like when they communicate with each other. I have a question. I know all data and information is important to every business, right? But would there be a chance where a small business, maybe they had something like proprietary, right? But they necessarily didn't have the staff or maybe the revenue, but whatever they had business-wise was maybe on the same level as somebody that was a big enterprise. Does it make, is there levels of the security that they would want to get? Or is it, are they bounded by like their size of their enterprise? Yeah, that's a good question. If you have, if you're a small business with a, maybe some copyrighted software that you sell that that you know has the potential to revolutionize, change the industry. Cure cancer. Maybe you're working, maybe you're partnering with larger enterprises. Maybe you partner with them Mm -hmm. because you're getting help from them developing this software and developing use cases for how it's going to be used. Uh, I would say those people, yeah, much more than regular small businesses should most certainly be investing more into cybersecurity. And the good news for those types of businesses is they tend to get more funding. Yeah, yeah, They tend to get more funding. So there should be some room in the budget if their idea is promising enough to make that to make that a reality. I think this the types of small businesses that suffer the most, going back to my previous example, maybe somebody opens up a small outdoors business to sell kayaks and canoes on at their local lake or river, that type of small business is probably going to be the type that suffers more 
and is unable to do more in terms of cybersecurity because they're probably not getting funding. They probably don't have the know-how or the wherewithal to research what kind of solutions would be best for their business. And those are the people that I think need the most help at the end of the day, the most guidance and the most training to be able to know what kind of things they need to look out for and what kind of technology would be a best fit for them to protect a business of their size. Gotcha. Um, one other thing I'll mention is uh, the, the employee count, right? Talking about knowing once you've got somewhere between 100 to 1,000 employees, knowing how many of those to dedicate to cybersecurity. That's something that a lot of people tend to struggle with because they think they can get by with the size of the team they already had, or they don't want to shell out the extra money to hire the additional cybersecurity staff. But that tends to be a big mistake because, like we mentioned previously, for small businesses, once you have a thousand employees working on a thousand different computers, the amount of alerts that are generated becomes enormous. It becomes impossible for a small team to keep up with that amount of alerts. And if you don't have some kind of software, especially something that might incorporate some AI or machine learning that helps prioritize those alerts for you, it's going to be very dangerous because you're only gonna be able to look at so many alerts in a given day. Uh, cybersecurity staff only, they don't work any more hours than regular people do. Normally you're looking at eight or nine hours a day. And uh, if you're not able to go through all of the critical alerts within that time, then you're giving cyber criminals more time to roam free in your network unsupervised, which can lead to catastrophic results. Moving on to large enterprises. So these are enterprises that have over a thousand employees. They're doing hundreds of millions a year in annual revenue. They're probably names and logos that you and I would all recognize. Um, this is finally the point where cybersecurity is an easy decision. You don't have to convince anybody at a large enterprise that they need cybersecurity. It's a given. They already know, and chances are they already have their own solution in place and have probably had their own solution in place for quite some time. They almost certainly have a chief information security officer at the top of that security chain, and the job of that CISO is to communicate with the board of executives, to tell them updates about cybersecurity, convince the board to give them budget so they can properly protect themselves. And they're just in charge of the overall infrastructure and plan that's in place for their cybersecurity posture. When you say they have their own solution, like it's something that's in-house, not outsourced to- When, you're a, when you're a large enterprise, that, that's where it might finally make sense to have an in-house solution, perhaps. A lot of large enterprises still hire third-party vendors because it's so much more convenient and actually probably saves money in the yeah, long run. Yeah. The only downside to hiring security vendors from a third party is that they're a third party. You don't own them, right? They don't report to you in the same way that an in-house structure or organization would. So if you want to have more control and uh, a little bit, maybe slightly more stability on your end because you don't have to worry about ever switching security partners, um, it could make sense for some large enterprises to say, I want to build this in-house, but like it is expensive. Like a hybrid, is that, have you seen that model? Yeah, yeah no, there's, there's solutions of all shapes and sizes. So they might hire their own in-house team of security experts, but that team of security experts might leverage 
certain security technologies from third-party vendors. Maybe they get like a SIM platform security event exchange management. Maybe they get manage detection and response, or maybe just an XDR platform from somebody else, and then they get their own in-house team to manage it. Mm. That sort of thing happens frequently as well, I would say. So these are highly tailored, right? They're very custom from business to business normally, if it's, if well, it's large enterprise? For large enterprise, you'd actually be surprised. Most cybersecurity vendors, most of them, want to sell you a mass-produced pre-packaged solution. Because of course they do. It's easier for them. Mm -hmm. If they had to talk and do custom solutions for every single one of their customers, they would be in an endless sea of customized solutions with different requirements for everybody's network. And it would probably turn into a big mess for them. Probably not in business. Yeah. When you're talking about scalability, you want to have something that is a little bit more prepackaged that you just say, you hand to the customer and say, hey, here you go. Here's the solution. Here's what it does. Here's the, the service level agreements and other things, and, and you take it from here. But not all of them are like that. Not all of them like that. And, and, and I'll use this as, as a plug to say, us here at Hughes, we're actually one of those few companies that does do the customized solutions. And there's a lot of great benefits to that because we can talk to a customer, learn the ins and outs of their network, and then say to them, I know exactly what solution is going to work best for you. I know exactly which security technologies you should and shouldn't invest in because now I know your network like the back of my hand. And we might be able to say, hey, we can save you money because an organization of your size actually doesn't need this. Or we might be able to say, hey, an organization that has maybe this many endpoints could really use this type of technology instead. And offering customized solutions does have a lot of benefits. It's a little bit more work for us on our end. But for customers who are looking for a more tailored solution that meets their unique needs of their business specifically, it's definitely something you'd probably want to be on the lookout for. And then in terms of large enterprises, just some interesting things to share. According to IBM, cybersecurity budget should consist of about 9 to 14% of your overall IT budget. And that's mostly looking at large enterprises. I would imagine that smaller to medium-sized businesses probably try to get away with a lot less than that. But for large enterprises, your overall IT budget and that percentage that you dedicate towards cybersecurity, it's most likely going to be up to a few million dollars a year because that's how much it costs to stand up your own security operations center. So what's the rule of thumb for the IT department budget? Is that going to be a certain percentage of revenue? Is that going to just be based on a number of employees or... I think that the, the size of the IT budget depends on the company. So some businesses that are more tech-oriented are going to have higher IT budgets. Makes sense, yeah. Like Apple you know, is going to have a much higher IT budget than maybe the exporting goods or something like that. And depending on how tech-heavy your organization is will probably affect your IT budget. And that also makes sense why that would, would carry over a little bit into how much you should be looking to spend for cybersecurity as well. Because if you have more customer data digital assets rather than physical assets. Apple probably has much more digital data, customer data, digital assets than a sporting warehouse store would. And it makes sense that Apple would invest more heavily into cybersecurity because they have more to lose were they to suffer a breach. Makes sense. And another thing that these large enterprises have to look out for are compliance standards. Some of those regulations include things like GDPR, General Data Protection Regulation, also HIPAA violations, 
and also PCI compliance as well. When you're a large enterprise, you are under the microscope for these regulatory bodies that want to make sure you're handling customer data properly. Not to say that small businesses and medium-sized businesses don't deal with this as well, because they do, but for large enterprises, you're like I said, you're under the microscope. And if anything does go wrong, you're much more likely to be held accountable and be put on the hook for some of those violations. Those violations for GDPR, those are mostly for European countries, but they can still apply to U.S. companies if they do business in the EU. And man, their fines are hefty. We're talking in the tens of millions of euros for GDPR violations. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And HIPAA violations, HIPAA from the healthcare industry. Right. If you're a business that touches the healthcare industry at all and you handle healthcare data, you have to be very careful because there are a lot of regulations in place that say you have to take certain precautions in order to protect people's healthcare data. And that can cost up to $50,000 per violation, up to $1.5 million each year. Not only could you suffer a cyber breach, you could suffer a cyber breach and then HIPAA could come up to you and say, hey, guess what? Oh, you owe me another $1.5 million because you let that happen in the first place. Definitely not something you want to mess around with. And then PCI compliance, payment card industry, uh, you have to make sure you're handling customers' credit card data appropriately or else they have a, a whole slew of fines that they can throw at you as well if you're not handling customers' payment card information appropriately as well. Lots of different regulations you have to be aware of and uh, you have to make sure that your security architecture meets the requirements of those. And that's one of the other benefits about working with a third-party vendor. Third-party vendors that handle cybersecurity, they know how to handle these regulatory bodies. They know what types of protection you need to have in place, not only to protect your customers' data, but to protect yourself uh, so that if there is somehow a cyber breach, you can say, hey, HIPAA, I had everything in place on my end. Here, take a look. And they won't be able to find you because they'll be able to say, okay, you had everything in place. Even though you got hit, you had everything in place that you were supposed to, and they won't slap you with additional fines. And then basically, just to kind of wrap a couple of things up, one of the things I thought I would mention is a lot of businesses right now need to realize that the potential costs of a cyber breach far outweigh the costs of preventative measures. It doesn't matter if you're a small business, a medium business, or a large enterprise. I can guarantee you that the amount of money you invest into cybersecurity will, have, will far outweigh and have more benefits than the amount of money that you have to pay if you're hit by a cyber breach. That's just one of the things I'd like to end on and just say, make sure people are aware of the cost-benefit analysis and aware that it's really important for you to make sure your business is secure. Otherwise, you're going to end up paying cyber criminals. You're going to fuel the cyber crime economy. Every time somebody gets hit and pays a ransom, cyber crime increases because every mm -hmm. successful attempt means that they're able to make more money and grow their side of the business. So if you're going to choose one of the wolves to feed, you might as well give it to the good guys who are going to help protect your network and keep you safe from running into those types of issues. Very interesting. I do have one question before we wrap up. You mentioned in a previous episode, ransom as a service or cyber crimes as a service. Yeah. That's, it was, it's been fascinating to me ever since because you picture these cyber criminals with the hoodie on and a dark basement. They have this stereotype, but it may not be the ultra smart computer geniuses 
every time that are living in under the cover of darkness. It may be right. somebody who's devious enough, but average enough as well that you won't even notice. You would never pick them out of a crowd as a cyber criminal. They may be your next door neighbor. Is that possible? The, the, the idea that you can subscribe to a service on the dark web or wherever, and they can provide all that you need. You don't even have to be that computer genius, right? You can pull in some of that expertise from a provider and then go be your own version of a, a cyber criminal. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and, and you're right. You don't have to. You don't have to be smart anymore to oh. be a, a cyber criminal. Buying some of those ransomware as a service tools uh, from the dark web can cost as little as fifty dollars sometimes. And the amount of damage you're able to do if you get on somebody's network is enormous. And the only thing that you have to know how to do is send somebody uh, a scam phishing email. That's all you have to know wow. how to do. And so the barrier of entry is getting lower. And as that barrier of entry gets lower and lower, you will typically see, yeah, less and less intelligent people hopping on the bandwagon. And then the once need they for cybersecurity so goes up. Exactly. The need for cybersecurity also increases. So every statistic that I have ever seen tells me that cyber, cyber crime is going to keep growing at least until 2027 plus. You know, <laughs> For the next five, 10 years, we are stuck with this problem. It's not going anywhere. And if you don't want to have that problem affect you and your organization, you need to make sure you're caught up and you're using the most recent types of cybersecurity technologies and methodologies. For medium to large enterprises, the first things that I would recommend looking at are MDR, Managed Detection and Response, as well as Secure Access Service Edge, SASE, is also another fantastic cloud-delivered, cloud-native solution that can protect your business from anywhere. Those types of things are what you'd be looking for from those third-party security vendors because you'll be able to save a lot of money, time, and resources as opposed to trying to build out one of those solutions yourself. Because those solutions, especially MDR, require, require the security operations center to have a certain number of SOC analysts on hand to have AI technology that can filter through the massive amount of alerts that are being generated and a cybersecurity vendor is going to be the way to go for a business of, of virtually any size, just because uh, of how difficult it is to find and retain those cybersecurity staff right now. This is fascinating because as an average person who doesn't live and breathe cybersecurity like Calvin does, I find it interesting how much of an industry it is, how much of a need it is, how much it really is just the cost of doing business. It's part of our world right now, like it or love it. That's it. Yeah, it's the same as having car insurance or homeowners insurance yeah. or health insurance. Mm -hmm. But it's just for your business. It's for the it's for the health of your business. Now and, you could uh, get away without having health insurance, but and you that's, can't get away <laughs> with having car insurance. Right? <laughs> that's like, what. Like, yeah, that that's basically what what people are trying to do when they don't have yeah. proper cybersecurity. They're trying to get away without having the proper insurance, and when they get hit, they're going to get hit hard. And they're going to be part of that statistic that says, hey, 60% of SMBs go out of business after they get hit because they didn't have the proper precautions in place. And they also, they made themselves a target. It's never their fault. It's always the cyber criminal's fault, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to put blame on the organizations. But... I kind of blame, you, I'd blame the organizations. You're, you're putting, you're making <laughs> you yourself... There's things you can do to not make yourself a target. And when you 
make money as a business and don't put proper cybersecurity measures in place, you're painting a target on your back. And once those cyber criminals find you, and they will find you, they talk to each other, they discuss, they look at your financials, and once they see you as an attractive target, that's when you're really going to notice a lot of problems start to form for you. Cybersecurity is like insurance for your business. I think that's a fantastic point to end on. That's a really great, like, social media post. Maybe you'll see that that in our next. Cybersecurity is like insurance for your business. There you go. Uh, Appreciate it, guys. This this has been fascinating. And I'm sure we'll have more discussions on on this topic in future episodes. Uh, Please join us next time. And uh, if you haven't heard our previous episodes, please search for us under the Digital Transformation of Business podcast. Mm